Hello there, and thanks for joining me tonight on the podcast, The Psychology Report. Church. Church attendance. Why go to church? What churches are thriving? What churches are dying? Who's identified with the church? What are the changes taking place within the church across the country? Let's take a look at this particular topic under my general theme of the psychology of religion. So let's talk about church, okay? Now, one general statistic, and it's, it's general, but it applies pretty much across the board. There are exceptions. But approximately 50% of the population identify with church in some form. The other 50% have very little to do with the church and don't particularly identify themselves as church members or church goers or church sensitive. So it's somewhere around that 50% mark. And the church has certain trends that are emerging uh, these days that need to also be taken a look at. Of course, in the south and the southeast, that mark is higher than 50%. It's up to closer to 60%. The population identify with church and attend church and have some dealings with the church. So with the southeast, it's a much stronger church orientation than you find it in other parts of the country. You go to the northeast, you go to the far west, obviously the number drops below the 50% mark, closer to the 40% mark. So the range is between 40 and 60% with an average of around 50%. So that's kind of one trend. There's another trend. People who identify themselves nominally as church attenders or church goers or church identified now are saying, no, I don't, I don't identify with the church. I don't attend. I don't believe. I'm a non-believer. They're more willing to acknowledge their non-belief now than has ever been the case in the past. They did it before by just kind of compromising and making kind of a uh, lukewarm statement about the church. But now we see that people are more likely and more willing and more able and encouraged, if you will, to disassociate with the church and say and, and say so. That's somewhere around 15%, you know, of the population. Not a large population, but it's about that population. And a lot of it is the young people who are in the ages of the 20 to 30s, who are kind of uh, disassociating themselves with the church in any form and being willing to say it. The unaffiliated sometimes are referred to. Okay? There's another trend. The Catholic Church. The Catholic Church is dropping considerably. 3% a year. We're seeing about a 3 to 3.5% drop in attendance and participation in the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church is primarily dropping in size and involvement with their people. We're also seeing that in some of the mainline churches, by the way. Those are usually referred to as the Episcopalians, the United Methodists, the Presbyterians, Lutherans. Those are what we consider the mainline churches, the mainline denominational churches. They're also dropping. They're dropping by about 35 to 4%. But the ones that are growing, the ones that are developing and growing, are what we refer to as the Evangelical Protestant. These are often the uh, churches that actually preach from the Bible, they interpret the Bible, 
they apply the teachings of the Bible and apply it to their life. In other words, they are Bible teaching churches. They're growing. So apparently people don't want to go to church to learn about social and humanistic activities and values. They are wanting to go to church to hear something regarding biblical teaching and biblical concepts and theological concepts. That seems to be the preference and the desire on the part of the population. So we're seeing the market increase with people going into churches that speak about and speak from the Bible and apply it to their life. Now, what about the question, why even go? If this is some of the activity that's going on in the churches these days, and they were seeing this kind of shift, and um, in some ways people are not going to church, and more people are not going to church, and or they're selecting certain churches and staying away from certain kind of churches. Why go? Why bother with all this? You see? Well, there are probably a number of reasons why one would go to church and make it part of their life and make it part of their personal experience. Let me just read off some of these that people say as to why they go to church. This is kind of a result of a survey. Purpose is number one. Purpose. Going to church keeps them in focus of a purpose of their life. Why was I born? For what was I born? Why do I live? Why do I get up each morning? What do I do and why do I do it? Church puts perspective in their life. Church gives them a, a desired purpose for living, purpose for getting up. So that's one reason to go. If you don't have a purpose for life, you don't have a purpose for your daily living, you're a little foggy on why you exist and why you were born and what you're for and what you're all about, church may be a great help to you to put purpose in perspective. The second one, the answer is what we call the friendship factor. You know, going to church brings you in contact with people. And when you're in contact with people, you make friends. And when you make friends, you build your personal life. You enrich yourself, you enrich your mind, you enrich your social activities, you enrich your, your, your personal thinking, and you enrich your life throughout, whether it's your personal life, your family life, your work life, or whatever, you enrich it by having people a part of your life. And that's where you find people, where you find friendships, where you make friendships is in the church. So it's a friendship factor. And we need friends in our life. We are made for friendship. And friendships, you know, add to our cognitive ability. Friendship add to the quality of our life. Friendships add to the quality of our mental activity and our thinking, our intellectual power, if you will. So friendship is an extremely important factor in our life. One reason to go to church. Here's a third one. People say, because of my marriage and my family. In other words, going to church is good for the marriage. Going to church is good for the family life good for my children, it's good for our relationship in the family, as a family, it's, it's good for the relationship as a husband and wife, the spouse, we enrich each other, we do each other better, we're good for each other, we help each other, and church gives us that sense of family unity and marital unity, and enriches our married life, enriches our family life, we're a better family as a result of going to church, that's what people say. Here's another one that people say. It's a cognitive factor. In other words, they stretch their brain. 
They stretch their thinking. They stretch their analysis, their ability to analyze, their ability to make decisions, their ability to solve problems, their ability to enter into a uh, thought world, an analytic world. In other words, church is a cognitive event. It makes you think. It makes you think logically. It makes you think emotionally. It makes you think uh, broadly. It makes you think globally. Get you out of your own little world and your own little community. And you think way beyond into a global world. So it's a cognitive strength. It's a cognitive ability that is generated through church attendance. We also know that from the survey that people feel that they have greater identity if they go to church. They are somebody. They're recognized as somebody. They're recognized as a, as a person. They're given credence. They're given value. They see their own personal value. So church gives people an identity as to who they are, why they are who they are, and what the purpose for their life really is. That's identity. I'm not just a number. I'm not just another member of the community. I'm somebody that stands out and stands for something. Here's another factor. It gives them hope and healing. There's a hope and healing factor that people identify in going to church. Hope for the future. Puts in perspective. Maybe our life, maybe our society, maybe our culture, maybe our nation is not so bad after all. Puts it in perspective. And maybe there's some healing possibilities when one is sick or one is weak or one needs support that the church can provide that kind of healing assistance and hope assistance. (coughs) So here we are. Why go to church? There's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons. You know, you have your own personal reason. And if it's met, that reason is fulfilled, you'll continue to go. If that reason is not fulfilled, you'll find yourself doing something different. That's generally speaking what happens. But give it a try. Not only give it a try, but stay with it for a while. Stay with it and see if you can develop those friendships and develop those uh, mind thoughts, and the cognitive abilities and thinking, so you can develop a sense of purpose in your life. You can enrich your marriage and your family life and your own personal life and your friendship factors. See how that goes. It might take you a year, you know, of going to church regularly to really assess the effectiveness of church attendance and the necessity of church attendance in your life. So there's a lot of reasons to go. Yes, it's true, the church is changing these days. Churches are uh, changing in their music style. They're changing in their uh, presentation of the auditorium, and they're meeting in different kind of buildings from the traditional church buildings. Pastors are wearing different levels of dress. Uh, People are allowed to to go to church now in different levels of dress, uh, trying to accommodate people who are thirsty to have coffee while they're in a worship service, there's all kinds of changes taking place. Some of those changes you might appreciate. Some of those changes you may not appreciate. But what you can do is give it a try and give it a chance and see how that works out, you know, for you personally and for your family. So, thanks for joining me today. And what I'd like to do is to bring your attention to the Green Gables Care Home. The Green Gables Care Home. Now, the reason I say this is that Some of you may be in a situation where you have a family member or a friend who 
needs assisted living, needs some kind of a protective living situation, needs help in the daily living chores of life, well, the Green Gables Care Home can be that person, can be that organization, can be that home for you. There are seven homes around the Clovis and Fresno area, and uh, well done by the owners of this particular care home. And uh, if you have a need for a little assistance, whether it's for a short period of time or for the rest of the life of the individual, I would recommend they, you give a call you know, to the Green Gables Care Home. And um, here's the number that you can give them a call, okay? And um, see if this works out for you. 559-297-9438. And um, if you can give that number a call, they'll talk to you, tell you what they can do, and see if that's a kind of a match for you. See if the need that you have and the ability for them to meet your need is a satisfying situation or could be a satisfying situation for you. So I recommend it. And um, go ahead and give them a call, okay? Otherwise, I refer you again to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. Go take a look and pick up a book that you'd like to read, okay? Bye for now.